The following is a series of candid conversations. The content is intended for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for seeking help from a mental health care professional. To learn more info regarding additional disclaimers, privacy policies, and terms and conditions, please visit HelloDrTammy.com. Bonjour, hello, this is Dr. Tammy, your host of Psychologists Say, a podcast where we create conversations about everyday life from a clinical psychologist perspective. I'm joined today by my production team, Rob Jolly and Kyler McGillis. Welcome, hey, what's guys. Up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Shout out to our listeners. We appreciate you. We love the feedback. And so we just want to, we want to thank you for being part of this podcast family. Today, we're going to be talking about the psychology of tears. Now, this is a topic that I am very interested in. So it's one that I brought up today. And I, I feel the need to discuss this openly on the podcast because it's something that I had to find some research on when, uh, I was presenting or doing workshops and trainings live or even in my clinic where people are very resistant or hesitant to expressing emotional tears in public and not even only in public, not even in that context, but in their individual therapy office with me, uh, hopefully a trusted ally and therapist. Uh, People, what I see is a huge trend, and, and this is more often the rule and exception, is that people immediately apologize when they start to tear up or cry. And as in therapy, mostly we, we feel this is cathartic, it's therapeutic, it's a release, it's, it's a sign of emotional expression that we want our patients to engage in. Yet why I, I'm seeing a lot of discomfort. And that's why I feel um this this is a topic everybody can chime in on. And one thing that I've had to do the research on was not just to say, you know, let it out, crying is good for you. I really had to do the research and say, what well, how can I help people accept this part of our behavior and our human nature? in a way that really gives them permission to do so. This is a good one. I I don't see why people wouldn't want to just let it out. Why fight it? Uh, I'm definitely a person that succumbs to the emotional overwhelming, like overwhelming feeling. And, uh, you know, I'll let it go. But I definitely understand, you know, being embarrassed by it because kind of shows a sense of um what's that word uh vulner- vulnerability vulnerability that's a tough one for me to say that's a, that, that's a and it's not only tough for you know just to, to get it out it, it really is one of the common factors that humans struggle with in a world where we uh are, you know with evolution and and the human race we are uh, built to survive and the strongest, fittest people are the ones who are going to uh, survive. So that word vulnerability, I think, is not only just scary to us emotionally, but even maybe for our own feelings of uh, our ability to survive in this world, which can be really tough. And 
most parts, everybody has vulnerabilities. And it's that expression of it where we uh, publicly maybe displaying that is this when when we express that visually with the tears, there is a there is a visual representation of a strong emotion that's going on for a person. And that's where your um your what I'm seeing is many people, and which I feel myself, it's almost uh wanting to shut it down and block it because there's some bit of shame, embarrassment, or maybe weakness when when crying in front of others. Right. What are some more thoughts that you guys have on that? I just it's I think it's a realization, you know, I uh, associating Crying with weakness is something, you know, you, you, you fall down, you hurt your leg and you cry, you know, but you don't want to cry in front of people because you don't want to seem like if you fall down, you're, you're weak, but you know, happiness makes you cry. People don't realize that, you know, when you're happy, you know, you well up and you just want to like. Let it out. Let it out and be struck (laughs) by the moment or whatever beautiful thing that's happening in your life at that moment where you feel the happiest. And you know, we're not allowed, we're not realizing that. It's like, oh my gosh, this is, this is something that's, you know, crying isn't necessarily a a sad thing. You know, you're not sad because you cry. You could just be the most happiest you've ever felt in Mm -hmm. your life at that moment. That's how, what I think of it. yeah, that's exactly right. Where, uh, in, in society or, you know, in general, uh, crying is, is part of human nature. It's the, it's the, it's the first thing that we do. Hopefully, you know, whenever we're, um, when babies are born, what's the first sign of, of life? Right. And crying. their connection. <laughs> and if they don't cry, the doctors become very concerned, right? Right. And so this is our first mode, our first way to communicate with the world and with the people around us. It's our social connection. Uh, it, it signifies that we're alive, that we feel that we have, uh, a, a, a brain, uh, a, our physiological system is fully working as it should. And so this is one thing where, um, Tears now, when when people think about them, a lot of times they just right away, like you said, kind of think of a, a negative emotion, something sad, or something maybe that they should be embarrassed about. Yet uh, there's all types of tears, and the 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 human tear is actually really complex. Uh, a lot of people, you know, t- when you really sit and do the research on this, it is very. Uh, it just amazes me how much work creator did in creating our bodies that the tear has all these different levels of even uh, being created in order for it to be expressed and uh, released. And so that is, I think when people start to look at somebody crying, the difference that I'm talking about today is we're not just producing um, water or lubrication for our eyes. We're not just re- reacting to like an irritant, like something, you know, a piece of dust, you know, when you tear up, those are all protective factors for our body. And then there's the emotional tear. This is the type of tear that is linked to a strong emotion. 
something that is powerful, either on the positive or negative spectrum. But for it to elicit a, a physical production of the tear and release, that's the the piece where it's it's unique. I mean, and most people say that scientists pretty much still agree it's it's unique to humans that these are tears are tied to an emotion that that's that we're interpreting and we're processing that we're this we're the only ones that do that you know and, and there may there's people back and forth saying at you know that animals can feel these emotion expressed tears but uh for the most part it, they're they're looking at it as this is our unique human this is this is our ability to um that our body can express a feeling whether it be a positive or a negative one and it yeah. it's it's amazing to be able to release something physically it kind of strikes me you know when you mentioned that the first thing that we do in life is cry uh, you know the doctors being worried about that it just makes me think about is it something that you identify like is it something that I'm identifying, like attaching to life, like that extreme moment where like you're kind of like realizing or, you know, the it's striking you so extremely that this is life going on. Uh, this is how you feel about it. That's you know? like one of those aha moments, you mm -hmm. know, where, where that Zen moment of uh, and when we're little, when we're young. We cry for so many things. We cry for pain. We cry for joy. We cry when we, we need to be a, a attachment. We cry when we have no words to express what we're feeling. And the sad thing is we're seeing as we age, we cry less. And so that's where we start to think, okay, these tears when tied to an emotion actually release. Sometimes they even say that it, there's, there's lots of, um, of um research being done to to see do tears can actually release like stress hormones so this is the way i present this in my trainings in my workshops to really give that like that one up like if you need if if, if you're not convinced that tears of emotion and releasing them are beneficial to you if, if i tell you that some of that tear includes some of that hormone of stress uh, that when you cry, your, your, your happy hormones, your, in your brain are being released. Your oxytocin, your endorphins, those are, are two of the, um, chemicals that re release our physical and mental pain. And so when I have to get to the science of it, whether it's fully, you know, this is back and forth of, you know, scientists are really trying to look at how much of this impact. Right now, it doesn't matter to me. When I say that to people, they kind of have that, that Zen moment that you just had of, damn, why am I not allowing my body to release and heal? Like that's, that's what's wonderful. And it's even when we're overjoyed and the word you said is overwhelmed. That's a good way to look at it because it could be overwhelmed with whatever emotion and being so full of life, whether it's in the pain of it or the complete joy or amazement of it, it's being fully present to allowing the feeling to be processed and then physically released without shutting that down. And it's a good feeling. I, I've i been in that, in that moment a few mm -hmm. times, whether it was meeting somebody that I really admire 
or, you mm-hmm. know, being at a funeral or, you know, being, getting married and stuff like that. You just get, I got mm-hmm. overwhelmed, but it just kind of reminds me of, you know, like being alive. And it's one of the best feelings to just really accept, you know, and allowing well, myself like, to feel that. Yeah. It sounds like you're, it sounds like you have a really like a healthy connection with, and what I call it, it's like an emotional expression. And uh, as a therapist, as a psychologist, anytime we can express ourselves verbally, non-verbally, when we're dealing with an emotion, you know, the way we can get it out is the part that we're trying to really, or I'm trying to help people achieve is you, you really never want to um, stop an emotional expression. And even though it's visible like this, this is one of those signs that our body made us this way to begin a healing process. And so there, sometimes there's extremes, right? Where people uh, are, are coming in and they're saying, I can't cry. I feel like crying, yet I cannot. You know, that that is a sign of that there's there's some blockage there. There, there is definitely some more to look at when you feel or you want to cry, yet you're unable to, to generate and re- release. There could be that. That's where somebody would want to look at. Um, our bodies are meant to do this. So if there's a block and it, it, it's not like a, a, a tear duct is blocked. This is, I'm talking about when I'm just talking about emotional tears today. So when they're coming in saying that that is, that's something that we, we really want to talk about and look at. The other thing is when people are saying, you know, I'm crying for no reason. I'm, I, I have uncontrollable crying. Uh, I'm crying and I, I really don't feel like I need to be or every, you know, many things are making me cry and this isn't normal for me. So those are kind of extremes that in the world of, um, you know, behavioral health and that we can we can start to look at but to know that that there's the biggest thing is saying what am i feeling and usually it's it's not just one emotion but it's 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 a link it's 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 different factors that are lining up so it's it to really produce the the it's like a strong emotion so it's usually not even just joyfulness that could, when you think of joyfulness, what else could that be linked to in life that's creating the production of a tear? So many things. So many things can make you feel this way. You know, yeah. I remember having to leave the room one time because I had met George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic. It was at a concert in, mm-hmm. in Alaska. And, uh, you know, I was really excited and I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hang out with, uh, with this band that I really just admire. And, um, and I was cool for about good five minutes at the <laughs> most, at the most, but then you, I, like, you were stoic. I, I, was, I was, I was holding tight and mm-hmm. uh, I was fortified, but it started realize like, here you are. You're hanging out with George Clinton, the Parliament Funkadelic at a concert. You've had a great night. And I I, I felt it. I felt it coming up. And I I, I had to I I had to excuse myself. And um, 
and George was like, uh, you know, you don't have to leave. You can hang out and, uh, you know, just, just be yourself, man. Just be yourself. Let it go. And like, as I was embarrassed, I was like, Hey, you know, you're my hero. I just got to go. Cause I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be worth hanging out with. So, okay. but I appreciate everything. And <laughs> as soon as, like, as soon as I left, I got outside and I just, I collapsed. I was, I was, I was a mess. Okay. And, um, but I, you know, he, he had said that I could hang out and do that, but I was embarrassed. Right. I was so embarrassed and, uh, over, I was overwhelmed with the, okay. you know, meeting somebody. So let's say like you, let's say you heard this podcast, you know, the, the day before you went to this concert now, uh, and the other thing I'm going to say is when you share that moment with another human being, that there's uh that's part of that, uh, that release of that chemical, that, that oxytocin, it's a social bonding, that oxytocin, it's, it's part of a, a connection to another, uh, being. And so if you're releasing that, and, uh, you have this, this person that obviously you, you admire, you know, that's been influential, inspirational. And if you were to share that moment with him, what could that have done? Not only for you, but for him, that's where it's like, let's not hoard our tears that sometimes they're not only meant for us. Let that's kind of like you're given a gift and, and, you know, trying to, um, Keep it to yourself and then really, you know, interfere with somebody else having a moment to share with you that could be impactful for their brain. So that's that, that, that empathy or that's that connection piece. And a lot of times we can get, um, they're showing that, you know, in the research that people are more, more open and compassionate to people who can cry. It's a sign of hu- if hu- just being human, isn't that? And yeah, so let's you know that's something to to think about. So, what 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 did you do differently then, or maybe nothing after this talk? I, you know, balance having balance. I definitely recommend having emotional balance, and that's allow yourself. So you, allow yourself. So you didn't want to. You don't want to sob. You didn't want to like. Oh. you know, collapse and sob in front of him. That would no, have been. No, I did not. Felt, okay. That would have been that I, and, he, and I'm sure he was like used to it. You know, I'm, I, he, the guy's been around since the sixties. I'm sure he's had his fair share of fans you know come I, up to him and been like, ah, you know, like. So lose I'm going to add, I would, I would hope nobody ever gets used to that. Right. I don't think, I mean, if they do, then I would really say, let's, I mean, let's revisit. If somebody were to, you know, tell me that whatever I did for them and it made them come to, the, to have tears of whether it was helpful or inspirational, I don't think I would ever get used to that. I think that would always keep, you know, that, that, that feedback of, um, of acknowledgement for sharing that. And so, you know, I just, just, just want to say that most people, I, I don't think they get used to, of somebody genuinely showing them that and letting them know they've impacted them. Right. That's so why I was Tyler, like, that's what I, oh. Oh, go. that's what I, that's <laughs> I was, why I was thinking. Um, That's why he was like, yeah, just hang out, man. Like he saw it happening and he, like I say, like being used to the person doing that, but he was like, you can do it here. 
You know, I, I'm not <laughs> judging you. You know, and that's and right. So I I think right now it's it's getting our listeners to think about this not only you know and in a much bigger you know level of how much we restrict, how much we block, how much we hold. Uh, instead of how do I release? And part of releasing, it sounds, you know, it's like being really in the moment instead of thinking about what if this happens in, in feeling the moment. That's where I think we're, we're at our most, uh, vulnerable and likely to, to be able to start expressing that real emotion because we're not distracted by fears, fear of judgment, fear of, uh, anything. We're overcome. We're fully alive in that moment. And for to look at that as how can, how can I start to, uh, allow my, and give myself permission now, uh, to start to express this openly, uh, or even by myself. Some people, when they're alone, they still don't cry. It, it's like as if somebody was watching them or they're uncomfortable with their own, um, expression their own feelings and so these this is why this podcast is so important to our listeners is uh because everybody every every time that we have this emotional uh release it's totally individualized it's totally dependent on your history what you've seen what you've been through uh the way you were raised your culture your uh personality so that's how this is an individual journey that we each go on to then be accepting of uh, the way we can handle things without worrying what's going on with everybody's thoughts and interpretations of us. That's a, that's blocking us from from just living in the moment and feeling, which is I think is a huge problem in our society right now. We, we feeling is like put that on the side. I, I'd rather distract. Feelings can be uncomfortable, even even happy ones. So, yeah, Kyla, you would you how are you? Do you have some any ideas coming up, or you want to share with this thought? Um, what is the how does um crying affect the brain, or is it something that everyone should do to be healthier? That's beautiful, and there's. As a therapist, I say, yes, this is something that everybody, uh, and, and I'm not going to use the word should, you know, that's one of those things, but that the, um, that this is the way our body was made. So it's like, please do not shut down a piece of your body that was designed and to help you process and heal. And so in the brain, that's where our emotion, that's our, that's where our emotion comes into play. And so when, when you start to uh, release the tears from an emotional reaction, that's where your chemicals in your brain start to change. And, uh, that's where I, I reckon I said, um, identified oxytocin. Some people call that the love hormone. You know, this is that feeling of social connection to another person. And so when you're crying and then your brain starts to release that oxytocin, Guess what can happen in a relationship? Crying in front of your partner, crying in front of your friend, crying in front of your co- whatever's going on, you're releasing this this um, this decrease this this chemical 
people that's meant to decrease emotional pain and increase connectivity. The other one is endorphins that's released. So this is your pain. You know, when you're, when you get injured physically, your body will release. This is your natural pain reliever. So you have two of these amazing chemicals in your brain that are being released when you do release that tear. And so it's, it's decreasing pain, physical and emotional. So that's, uh, that's one of the things where brain, your brain has this ability. Yet if we're blocking that, we're also blocking the release of these, these beautiful chemicals that can help us enjoy life more, experience it more. And, um, this natural way to decrease some of that pain. So have you guys, have you guys ever said, and I know I hear this all the time, uh, when somebody lets out a good cry that they've been holding on to when they're, when they're, maybe they're talking about grief, maybe they're talking about loss of a job or feeling rejected and they, they finally sit and cry and they just let, let it out and they're without interruption when they're done. I always majority of time hear them say, I feel better. And it may not like be immediately better. It may be within a few minutes or, you know, a half an hour, but yet there's, there's always a, Matt, I feel better now. I usually feel like I just like say to myself, all right, let's get on with it. You know, that was, that was good. I'm glad that I let that go, but gotta, gotta get some stuff done. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's always, it's always good to get that, especially the one that's been like, burdening you like you you got all that emotion weighing on you and you just let it out and then afterwards it's it's so relieving it's it's you know it clears it clears my mind to do that and to you know like and then it puts stuff in perspective and i'm able to get get on with it you know mm-hmm. i was gonna ask too uh like since it is such a relief to those who you know have the ability to to cry and what about, uh, what would you say to the people that have the inability to cry? I would, okay, so that that's a really, you know, of course, I could answer this in so many ways. But in general, I would, that's where, um, when we talk about maybe some detachment, so some kind of maybe protective mechanism, uh, some people are used to or just habitually kind of put on this brave face and they're doing everything to block that expression of emotion. It doesn't mean they're not feeling it. So that's why I want you guys to, to remember too. Uh, there, it, it, because you don't see it doesn't necessarily mean that individual is not feeling it. It's that they, they're blocking the physical expression. So the release. And I think people learn to master this. And I think it starts at a very young age where, um, and I, I, I don't, I, I think this is probably pretty common where maybe even boys are told maybe don't cry. Uh, or just in general, you know, we hear it sometimes as kids, we could be crying. Don't cry. You know, don't, so we're, it's sometimes we're being told don't cry, don't cry, you know, and then. As we develop, that's an unnatural response to tears. So 
tears are coming for a reason. So that's where even parents, if you're out there listening, if you have kids, even to yourself, to stop saying don't cry and instead going, let it release until it's done, you know, let it, let it out versus don't cry. Then our brain will start to say, I can release this. This is not shameful. This is what I'm supposed to do when I'm hurt, sad, excited, overwhelmed. This is, this is the way my body helps me regulate that. And so I think to those individuals, and, and sometimes I can, I can, I can shut it down pretty good. You know, we're as a therapist, you, when, when you, you have a lot of empathy, yet you got to allow somebody to cry. And sometimes I want to tear up for them. But this is, this is, this is about me holding space for somebody else. And so I've gotten really good at knowing how to hold back tears and still show empathy by listening. But it is tough because then sometimes when I'm in a situation where I feel like crying, I could still be in that therapist mode and blocking it. So it's, I think that's something that we learn. And if we're raised in a culture or a family that does not express emotion or it's punished or it's shamed or it's just not natural, then you learn to suppress it. You learn to shut it down. And, uh, that's just one of the, the, the ways I'm going to, I'm going to look at this right now. Uh, another thing is there, there is, that is when you look at measuring somebody who could have a, a pretty, uh, could have a depression. So sometimes people are just, uh, stuck. And they're, they, they don't want to shut it down. They don't know why it's just they're deep into a, a state of being that, um, so it, it's kind of starting to examine some of that. And, um, there's since this is a natural human right to be able to do this, this is something that you can relearn. So I don't want people to feel like they're hopeless or helpless in, um, or that they're going to be stuck with emotion and not be able to express it. This is probably one of the most common, um, things I do in therapy is to get, take people and work with them and reattach emotion. Because a lot of times we shut it down to, we do that survival. If we felt everything, it would be tough to survive everything. And so this is learning to balance. And I think it's kind of like what Rob said. We can think of it like that, like where I have to balance this expression with not feeling like I'm collapsing and being overwhelmed. But how do I start to be able, comfortable to express and get it started? And a lot of that does. It takes retraining and starting to connect our emotion to our present moment and being being able to feel that. And maybe even just inch by inch, little by little, start to express it, maybe even verbally and getting yourself connected to the feeling. So this can be, this is, this is something that, um, that is very common. I guess this is probably one of the most common things I do in therapy is connecting back to being able to really feel the emotion and process it. So I did have one more question. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is crying more of like a culture thing uh like how you're brought up or is it more of like a biological thing or a mix of both 
Well, it's 100% biological and that we have the, that this, this is the way we're made. That's what, that's what I love about it. You know, we, the creator gave us emotional tears. And so that piece of it is biologic. You know, that's why it's our given right to do this. And, uh, it's a part of the way our body, I think, needs to function to be healthy. And so the cultural piece of it is where I think that, that overall that's going to impact the way you view it, the way you, your comfortability with it, um, whether it's normalized. So yes, this varies by culture. It varies by gender. Uh, it varies by age. So that's, that's, that's why it's so complex. And yet bottom line, it's so simple. It's a, you, it's our unique ability as humans to, uh, work through an emotion and all of these factors that are influenced that are to me come from society or the way we put our beliefs shoulds and shouldn'ts on people and genders and cultures so in some cultures it's more acceptable some cultures it's it's uh maybe that like a sign of weakness or um it's something that you do maybe in private uh, that's something culturally I know with um, being indigenous, being from a reservation community, we're a lot of times it is private. You know, this is something where uh, you're 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 trying to solve emotional hurts or chaos or crises within a family unit because it's considered this is private. This is this is ours. And so within that unit, if, um, if it's more about that, that's almost like, then, then how do we do this? How do we start to share our feelings with other people or talk about our problems openly? If I wasn't trained to do that, I was trained to, you know, um, keep it, keep it small, keep it within. And so, uh, I believe that happens in every, every different culture and even, smaller break it down within every single family unit and then we carry that into our relationships with others and it's kind of this balance of given given take where you're you're connecting to somebody and to understand that they're wearing this backpack that's full of their history their expectations their pressures their perceptions their their ideas their fears and most times we're not thinking that we're just looking at them, assuming they should be responding like us. And, and that's where, uh, this podcast could be so helpful is to start thinking of what is every, you know, I'm, I have a backpack right now and what's in there that is influencing my, the way I'm interacting with you, the way I'm interacting in public, the way I interact with the world. Those are all like great questions. And I think our listeners are really excited that you're asking these because I'm sure they're, they're thinking the same thing. Uh, and I'm sure there's, there's several uh, more questions that we can go into. And this is something definitely that, uh, upcoming podcast that we can continue to talk about and break it down, uh, in more detail. You know, talking about, I think, uh, one is, is emotional expression when you're involved in a relationship with somebody, your significant other, your partner, 
this is this is an area where understanding these different communication styles can really help a couple start to communicate and look at each other with this different lens on. So in general, one thing is this, you know, we talked, uh, we had a podcast about anxiety, high functioning anxiety. Uh, that's something where those, these are individuals, uh, and I don't know what the research is, but these are individuals who I think carry such a high load yet put on a brave face that these could be the individuals who are um, maybe on a, a end of, I want to cry or I feel so overwhelmed. Yet is that a sign that I'm not handling all of my obligations? Am I failing? Uh, am I out of control then instead of in control? Is, is that a sign of imperfection versus the perfection I'm striving for? And so now hopefully this is kind of tying together how um, in order for us to start to release our anxieties and our everything that comes with it, simply starting with being able to start to cry even a little bit is that nervous system I talked about. Um, it's allowing, it's activating the calm in our body, the parasympathetic. And our people with anxiety, we're, they're in the, they're on rev. So learning just to even let out a little bit of these emotional tears under stress, under overwhelm, under achievement, you know, whatever they're going through, but learning to accept that's part of being a, a, a human that's functioning well, but also it's just turning on the calm that your body and, and physically this is one way that we can start to learn to do that. So I really enjoyed our conversation today. Miigwech. Thank you to Kyler and Rob for asking these great questions and sharing about your life and being open and vulnerable to this uh, topic. Thanks Have for having you, us. You bet. Yeah, and you. So uh, let's just end this with P.S. Humans produce up to 30 gallons of tears each year. So don't be afraid to let some fall. See you next week.